Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Here we go, we folks. Could, we could let that thing go all day. Oh, my gosh. Sad day, <laughs> sad day. We'll get to that in a second. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks so much for listening to another value-adding installment of the Geoholics Anonymous. That opening number is, of course, Eruption by Van Halen. We all know why we selected that for this episode, specifically Mr. Eddie Van Halen himself on that one. And uh, unfortunately, Mr. Van Halen or Mr. Eddie Van Halen passed away today. 65 years old, 65. cancer. It'll yep, get yep. you. It's a rough one. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, I was shocked. It's a sad day. He's iconic, no doubt. Um, that's a song that I think every kid that grew up like in the 70s or 80s <laughs> wanted to learn to play on guitar, you know, which is but, such an iconic song. But how do you keep up with that? It's There's a reason that he's like the yeah. goat like yeah, that. Exactly. Where, yeah. How do why, you bend a string that hard? That's why most people play air guitar. Yeah, exactly. I'm I still do it with them. Yep. <laughs> Van Halen, for those of you that don't know, is an American rock band formed in Pasadena, California in 1972. They have sold 56 million albums in the States and more than 80 million worldwide, making them one of the best-selling groups of all time. Additionally, Van Halen has charted 13 number one hits on Billboard's mainstream rock chart. VH1 ranked the band seventh on the list of top 100 hard rock artists of all time, and they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. I actually got a chance to see them in their 1984 tour, so you can guess. <laughs> it was 1984 it was when I saw them. Ago. Yep, uh, In Chicago, 11th Row, dead center. It's one of those shows that I will never Ever, ever forget my life but regardless uh you know rip evh as they say as you know this is a round table formatted discussion on topics impacting the geomatics world today so guess what we've got another great group of panelists that we're going to get to in just a couple minutes but before we do i want to mention a couple things first guess what just yesterday we officially eclipsed 20,000 downloads. What? As of yesterday. Yes, yes. I yep, yep. So cheers, boys. That's a huge accomplishment and a testament to the time and effort we put into each and every episode. So great job, guys. Second, if you haven't done so already, we have started adding a video component to the podcast and would love for each and every one of you to take 30 seconds and subscribe to the Geoholics YouTube channel. I checked that as well, and I think we're up to about 120 subscribers, which is pretty impressive. Our next goal is what, Jake? I don't know. We got to set one. <laughs> like, we do. Like we 500, do. 500? Like yeah, 500? That's fine. 250, 500. We'll get there. Well, a little 100%. behind the scenes, like the URL, we have it. So I oh, actually yeah. used it today because mm-hmm. I had to make sure, nice. like, because my wife said the other day that uh, all I wear is a blue shirt and gray or khaki shorts every single day. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't wear the same shirt every day for the podcast. Yeah. And I had to go back and look at the last few. I'm mm-hmm. like, what shirt did I wear this day, this day, <laughs> this day? So, yes, we do have a URL. Uh, YouTube.com slash the Geoholics. There we, we, we go. got it. We got it. We got to plug it. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it is amazingly convenient to check yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to subscribe. And everybody else, please do so. My name, of course, is Kent, and I am, of course, proud to be a Geoholic. I have two of my, this is going to drive uh, Big Shoots crazy, two of my goodest, bestest buddies Oof, with me. It's not going to, uh, no, she's a former English teacher. They it's over. Big Shoots and producer Jake. Producer Jake, how are you now, buddy? Doing well. How are you guys? Fantastic. Just same old, same old over here. Better um, after last night. Yeah, oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? 4-0 and um, on, for the Chiefs, 3-1 and in fantasy. I mean, I'm so <laughs> glad sports are back, and I'm just a winner all around the board. Victory, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Tuesday. Victory Tuesday today. Yeah, it, uh, it depends who you ask, I think, on that one, but 
I'm happy for you, Jake. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I could tell you this: the the Hudson is very happy that you're happy because once Brady left the Patriots, he doesn't care anymore. He's oh. one of those fair weather guys. Is he a Bucks guy? Now he is. Yeah. He he just loves TB12 through and through. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fascinating, and I'm like, no, he's not in my fantasy. I could not care. I love the guy. If he wins, it's yep. all good. But yep. you had a good game this past weekend. Oh my goodness. Yep. And then Odell Beckham Jr. was just outrageous. Yep. Uh, with all those guys, I didn't have any of my fantasy. But I still won that week, so I'll take it. And, nice. hey, it was a good week. Awesome. Um, bad news family-wise, <laughs> I don't want to get too far into it, but i got to throw it out. You know, best of love to Uncle John, and then we go from there. What about you, Prayers Prayers to Uncle John. Yes, no there we go. It. That's no the best way it. we can put it. I couldn't do it any better. Yep. Uh, on my end, we officially closed on the Tiny Piney and are already making plans to turn the shed into a studio slash speakeasy. Let's Uh-oh. do it. It's going to be freaking epic. I can't the white wait for rabbit? you guys to see this. Oh, it's going to be amazing. we got I, some really cool ideas. I do have a Gunther chain. For your oh yeah, yeah, I didn't get that. That's easy. right. I, I it's going to go up there. I just forgot it was in my trunk. Oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> I forgot about that. And you know what else I'm excited about? Taking you out to lunch this week. Oh, we did. Uh, yes, we did cover. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm excited. <laughs> Pizza on Thursday. Yes. There'll be a, there'll be an in depth review next week's show for sure. Uh, I don't know how far you want to get into it with New York pizza, but I found out there was another New York pizza place I've never been to in Phoenix. We'll get there when my next New York team wins, but this one we're going to keep it at uh, Shameless shameless Plug, Casanova Brothers. Yep, I'm excited. All right, let's get started. But before we do, I want to give our guests an opportunity to introduce themselves. So we're going to go with this. We're going to go with, just go with your name, current employer and role, let's say, and then we always do something fun. This week we're going to go with, if you were running for president, what would your campaign slogan be? So let's start with Jose. All right. You said name, employer, and current position, right? Yep. So uh, my name is Jose Pedraza. I am uh, with Stewart Consulting Group in Houston, Texas, and I am the survey director there. Uh, for a campaign slogan, I would have to say, um, let's do the right thing. Very simple and right to the point. I like that was it. was a safe point. Yep, I like yep. it. Gabby, you go next. Sure. Um, my name's Gabby Getz. Uh, I'm a software developer at Cesium. And for my ca- uh, campaign slogan, that's rough. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to keep it simple and do puppies for all. <laughs> You're the winner. Uh, winner so far. Winner in the clubhouse. <laughs> Chris, go ahead. Uh, Chris Glantz. I'm, I work with the Oregon Department of Transportation. And I am the deputy state surveyor. And uh, if I was running for president, had a campaign slogan, I'd probably say something like, uh, "It's time to grow up." Oh, that's pretty fitting too, especially these days, no doubt. Well, thank you guys for that, Jake. We 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 play this little fun game with Jake uh, when we do these roundtables. So, so Jake, yes. you need to guess. Okay, <laughs> okay. one of our guests tonight. Um, Hand grinds their coffee every day, and their favorite food is Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay? Another one of our guests tonight is the winner of the Younger Geospatial Professional of the Year Award for 2019 and is a huge horror movie fan. And then our other guest surveyed in Chile and the Mideast and is pursuing a second master's degree. Man, that is rough. Good luck. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm going to go coffee grinder with Chris first. He was smiley when you said that. Yeah. Oregon guy. I can tell. Yeah. Big coffee grinder. Um, Award winner. I'm going to go with Jose there. All right. And then um, the last one was surveyed in in Chile and then masters. Yep. That's going to be Gabby. All right. You're one out of three. (laughs) <laughs> Dang it. I think he got Jose and Gabby backwards. He did. Yeah. He did. Oh. So Jose is actually surveyed in Chile <laughs> in the Middle East and is pursuing a second master's degree. And Gabby is the winner of the Younger Geospatial Professional Year Award from 2019 and a huge horror movie fan. Also, Congratulations. Yeah. No, well, there's additional congrats uh, for Gabby. I saw today that, uh, is it, how do you say the name of the company? Is it Cesium? Cesium. Cesium. Okay. So they've. Mm-hmm. I saw they were named... Startup Company of the Year at the Geospatial World Leadership Awards, correct? Yeah. 
exciting. Yeah, I saw that on uh, <laughs> I saw that on LinkedIn today. That's that's pretty amazing. You are a man that does your research. Heck yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> this show is so professional. Content, man. Everything's content. All right, so let's get into this. Here's why I'm really excited about this episode. You know, besides adding value and making new friends, we're going to get some some different perspectives from folks who are in the prime of their individual careers and fall in the younger geomatics professional category, a category that uh, unfortunately I am no longer in. So I think what we'll do to jump into this is almost do like a past, present, future type thing. So what I want each of you to do, and we'll start with Gabby, let's talk just a little bit about your past and how you got into, you know, geomatics and the professions that surround it. And, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of influenced you to get to where you are today? Sure. So I probably have a pretty circuitous path to uh, get here. Um, I majored in computer science at Drexel University in Philadelphia. Um, I never thought I would be in, in anything related to geospatial or geomatics. Um, I actually, uh, right out of college, um, worked with a friend and we founded our own independent game company uh, mm. to release a mobile app. Um, and then after that, um, I liked games a lot, but I was kind of interested in pursuing software development, I guess more in a more professional sense. Um, so I uh, was interested in the 3D aspect of games. Um, and I came across uh, a company named Cesium. Um, and what they dealt with and what we deal with is massive 3D geospatial data. Um, so it originally started as basically a globe, like a way to re render a globe on the web um, and has really grown into a way of handling your 3D data, no matter how big it is. Um, and I've gotten to be involved uh, not only on the developer side, but in the uh, the open source and the GIS and in the 3D communities. Um, and I've learned a lot along the way and uh, I hope to learn a lot more. All right, let's just continue with you on this then. So presently then, you're working for Cesium. Sounds like a great company to work for, and you're providing a lot of uh, a lot of value to the company, obviously. What are some of the things that you're currently really excited about? Sure. So one thing that uh, I am working on right now is I'm leading a team uh, to apply our technology um, in partnership with a company called Komatsu, who makes... Um, construction equipment. Yep. They're out of Japan. Um, I think they're the largest in Japan. I think the second largest construction company in the United States. So we got to partner with them um, in order to create an app that really brings all of their different data together into one portal. So they'll take uh, drone flights um, that fly around construction sites. They'll take data that's coming off of their smart construction machines and uh, we merge it all together so you can view it in 3D and make measurements and measure the progress and um, it's been an exciting journey so far. So where do you see this going then? I mean, you're working with some, you know, high-end technology. What do you think is the future for that technology? Where do you, where do you see this going? Mm -hmm. So I think... Uh, you hear tossed around the term digital twins a lot. Um, I think that's kind of where this is going. Um, so basically, companies are starting to collect tons of data and more and more of that is becoming 3D um, and they're taking it at a higher and higher frequency. So what you can do is create this three-dimensional digital twin model of your construction site or your, uh, your buildings if you're in real estate or your city if you're in city planning um and using these to make real-time decisions about your projects wow that's pretty amazing so chris let's run you through the same game let's talk a little bit about uh about your past how you got into surveying and uh what what, what brought you to where you are today yeah great questions um mine's not quite as uh, interesting or circuitous i think as gabby's i make something I, up uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> Uh, interestingly enough, my, uh, I had the exact same high school counselor that my mom did when I was in high school. And so she tried to push my mom into college and, uh, it didn't quite work out. And, and so, um, I 
I was going to go to school, right? I was going to go to, to college. And so we were sitting down and looking at, I knew I wanted to go do it at some sort of engineering. Um, I was looking at mechanical, civil, and geomatics popped out. And I was a big outdoors person where I grew up in California. And I'm looking at a degree program out of Fresno State. And um, geomatics was there and it seemed cool. And we looked at some maps, aerial photos. That sounds pretty awesome. I had no idea going in. Um, that will lead to where I'm at today. So um, fast forward a little bit. I worked for a small engineering firm in Fresno for a couple of years in my way to the Northwest in the mid 2000s and uh, um, kind of floated around from a private company to a, a national geos um, geospatial mapping firm. And then I ended at ODOT in 2016. Hmm. And uh, and it's just uh, it's just been really exciting. I've I've got to kind of work all over the West Coast and and, and whatnot and travel around. It's one of the coolest things I like about about surveying and anything geomatics. So, um, and um, the I really love working for the DOT. It's it's like a it's a place that we have like a responsibility to do things the way they should be done. The way that we want everybody in the private industry wants them to be done. And so we, we tend to have the, the, the opportunity and the resources to, to kind of see them through and partner with, with uh, potentially places like Gabby works to make something that's um, that benefits my profession and the, the citizens and whatnot. Let me I, ask you this. I know a lot of people that, uh, you know, get into the public side of things. Um, I guess in, in a lot of cases, they just, kind of become mushrooms and just show up at the office every day, go through the motions, put their eight hours in, take off, and they're there for 30 years to retire and just move on. Um, what keeps you... <laughs> what keep, with too many of those. Yeah, right. What keeps, you, uh, what keeps you motivated to go to the office every day and, and you know, just push things further along in the right direction? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I like to call those people retired in place, by the way. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, in all honesty, it's, it's working for the citizens and working with the people that I work with. Uh, it, you know, sometimes the drudgery still happens and it's, it's important that, you know, you work on a team that, that can be any place. Um, I've worked in the private sector where we had a similar kind of situation where it's mm -hmm. retired in place in the field. And it's um, the group that I worked for and the Department of Transportation that I work for, they're really supportive of innovation and technology. And so they have been for some time. And and so it's one of these things that it, it we have the freedom to, like I said, kind of do things right. And so that, that, that kind of keeps me going. And it's offered me a lot of other opportunities outside of just thematics, to get into some leadership roles. And, and just kind of explore myself and where I fit into the into the world, basically. And so, uh, just like with anything, it's um, it, it it's up to each, each of us to kind of grab life by the reins and, mm -hmm. and point it in the direction that we want to go. And so, yep, that's a great perspective. So, what are you what are you excited about, like in your current role, um, looking down down the road, say five years? I mean, what what are you excited about um, as far as you know what what what, can, what do you see yourself being able to develop? um you know with the dot yeah it's another great question um so I, I i coordinate our uas program in at the moment and so it's uh you know really expanding on some stuff like skydio is doing with the north carolina dot with these autonomous uh, lights of of structural inspections and um really harnessing a lot of this really big data and these these giant geospatial data sets, and the the thing that I would love to get us into is, I mean, everything has a coordinate, right? Everything happens someplace, and that we're the folks that coordinate that that. And so, let's find a way to to, to like leverage that type of that type of uh, information and data that we already have and we're already collecting. Um, Find it in a like get it in people's hands, in the public's hands, and everybody that needs it. And um, you know, being in the private sector, I learned you know you 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 collect it once and then mine it over and over again. And so it's kind of the same sort of mentality. And, mm. 
investing in technology, not only technology that'll help us do our jobs better now, but that's equitable. That's uh, making sure we're not automating ourselves out of jobs. You know, there's still humans that need to, that need to do all of the work. So. Yeah. Well, just something, even the fact that Chris had his counselor said, Oh, geomatics. I'd never heard that word until I was a geoholic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) so when you're in college and I get it, the surveying, the, the whole world of mapping and everything, but I, I never heard anything even remotely along those lines when I was in high school going into college. And this is going to, to, be to the detriment of ASU and Jake specifically, Brandon Ayuk, but <laughs> <laughs> they just push the engineering, sure. engineering, engineering, engineering. They don't point. care about anything else but that. Yep. And I, he's in, he was in California, Oregon, wherever you guys are, that there are the different schools. We just don't have that down here specifically. Yep. So it's kind of refreshing to hear that yep. as an opportunity. Yep, it really is. It really is. All right, Jose, uh, your turn. All right. So I was actually studying civil engineering uh, back in 2008 when a National Guard recruiter caught me. Um, I think it was at my old high school trying to sling a scholarship for my fraternity at the time. And uh, he caught me and he said, hey, how would you like an extra $20,000 and, you know, free tuition? Uh, join the Guard. And I said, all right, why not? And um, he placed me in the closest thing they had to civil engineering at the time for an enlisted soldier, which was um, land surveying. So I went and did my training, and I got to do some cool stuff um, there in the years while I was still going to school. I, d- I never pursued it full time. I was always just doing small, you know, one weekend a month and maybe a month here or there uh, with the state surveyors for the military forces around here. Um, and then when was it to, to 2014 is when I finally got to go to Chile for the first time. Uh, there was a two week mission there and we were helping there. Um, I guess you could say it's like their army Corps of engineers mm-hmm. and they had a, a project where they're trying to connect the North under Chile with the South under Chile. Cause they just don't have a straight route there. And we were helping them do some of that construction work. And it was just, you know, Holy hell, why, why haven't I been doing the survey work for the last, eight odd years or however long it was. And uh, after that, I came back, quit my job, and a couple weeks later, I was on the field. So <laughs> never looked back. Wow. It does seem like the military is, like, the strongest recruiter for really surveying yeah. at this point. Agreed, for sure. There's definitely some great opportunities mm-hmm. there. Um, so what about currently? Tell us a little bit about your current job and uh, what, what keeps you excited. Sure, yeah. So I took an opportunity here. Um, there's a pretty well-known um, engineer. He's also a surveyor, uh, Marty Cristofaro, and he's kind of handling flood control projects in Houston or in Harris County. Um, so he's given me an opportunity to expand my experience uh, and become a professional engineer at one point. So I'm kind of doing some project management now. Uh, we haven't really gotten any survey work in yet. But that's what he brought me on. So I'll be expanding that side of the business and um, hopefully get some engineering experience at the same time. It'll be an interesting road, but so far so good. Cool. What about, uh, what does five years down the road look like for you? So five years, um, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at maybe starting a uh, business myself or doing something with him. It just depends kind of how it goes. Uh, I've got some ambitions, but we'll see. Yep. That that literally felt like a job interview question. Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of opportunities for you know minority business owners, and especially in the engineering and surveying world, there's that percentage of government contracts that have to go uh, our way. So there's an opportunity there, and you know, and you were in the after. reserve, so you're a veteran, right? Yep. Yeah. That that adds to it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I'm yeah. glad you brought veteran that. and yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because um, the next thing I actually want to talk about is, you know, all three of you fall in what, what they're calling the younger geomatics professional uh, category. And I know there's an organization as well. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But um, it, it, and it's just funny to me because, you know, with the average age of, of a surveyor, 
being, you know, right around 60 years old and somebody who's in their, you know, 30s being considered a younger uh, professional, it's, it, it's kind of weird. But um, unfortunately, you know, it, it is what it is in our profession. So, and, uh, and Jose, you can you can uh, take a shot at this one first. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, promoting, serving, and um, I, I see. You know, I follow you, of course, on LinkedIn and stuff like that. I know you do a bunch mm-hmm. of bunch of bunch of things to promote the profession. So, what, and I, each of you have the same question. You know, what what do you see your role being moving forward to develop and promote? You know, y- your individual profession, of course, for Jose and, uh, and Chris, it's serving. So, go ahead, Jose. Sure. So I've actually, uh, I got involved with the NSPS uh, Diversity Committee, and they just recently started that I, maybe a couple months ago now. Um, I spoke with David Acosta on LinkedIn, and he got me on board. Um, so there's definitely a lot of opportunities for young surveyors to kind of champion that and I think expand the areas that we've been focusing our resources on, because not only are we not doing enough recruiting as it is, but we're also kind of narrowing and focusing our our efforts in the same areas every year so expanding that and getting the young surveyors here around me and and throughout the state really to buy in on that and make it something bigger than just us you know oh yeah there's a great opportunity there for sure chris you're in a little bit different situation you know being on the public side uh what opportunities do you have to uh promote the profession yeah you know it's um uh, really being with the public site actually offers a lot of opportunities for us. Uh, one for me in particular, I, I teach a, um, an entry-level survey course at a local community college. So that's a way for me to get out and teach drafting students about surveying. We also team with um, this uh, career and technical education campus here in Salem, Oregon. That's, uh, they have an amazing drone and robotics program and a construction program that they teach like they teach a little bit of surveying in their in their uh, program. So we get out and get our faces in front of them. And so ODOT partners with them in, in a lot of ways. And um, we have uh, quite a few graduate programs where we bring folks from different schools to have a, like an internship. Or um, ODOT has this really cool program where if you're if you have some sort of engineering degree or a surveying degree we like rotate you through the businesses that might that you might be working with as a surveyor at ODOT for two years and then you get a full-time job at the end and so you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that um that we've um that we've tried to do for recruiting it seems like and it, it's uh you know I've been in with NSPS stuff and I've you know helped start the Young Surveyors Network and I did one here in Oregon and it's just, uh, you know, we spend a lot of effort talking about things and, you know, surveying was built by folks that weren't afraid to get like dirty. And it seems like the work that needs to be done is just getting out, talking to people, and getting you know, out to, to the schools and the high schools and really, you know, the, the younger generation, um, you know, maybe they don't want to like cut brush with a machete or start at the bottom or whatnot. And so we just need to be more flexible. We don't need to have these really strict sort of, uh, this is how I've always done it. This is how you're going to make it through to be a surveyor. I don't, I don't think that those, uh, those serve us any longer. And so how can we, how can we like expand ourselves to be more flexible? So, um, and that just takes out to, I think it just takes us looking at who we are and how we fit in the profession and then how we can, um, go and spend our time at these schools and, and just reaching out. And it's just going to take a lot of work. And yep. so that's, Yep. No, it really is. And I think it's kind of a, kind of a paradigm shift, to be honest with you, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, as some of the older grouchier surveyors, let's face it, <laughs> you know, they they move on, they retire, what have you, um, you know, and then a new generation of surveyors is coming up and are in leadership positions, much like all of you. And it allows you guys to promote the profession in, in uh, a little bit different way, just just kind of like you said, Chris. And it, it, it just... I think it's I think it's changing things. It is going to be a lot of work. The um, old crotchety yeah. surveyor, like being out in the field all mm-hmm. the day, yep. it's it's not the same. They are out there, they're doing the work, but you gotta promote yep. the profession. There sure. is there, there's a business development part of it. Mm-hmm. Of well, you guys got to get in on this, or the profession's gonna die. Yeah, we we that's how this all started. We championed it. Yep. Well, right. I don't want to give us a 
too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. part of that. Yeah, whole exactly. Thing. Part of the movement. Part yes, of the movement. Yes, exactly. yes, yes. How about you, Gabby? I think it's just about telling our stories, right? How do we how do we communicate with uh, with different generations? It's getting exactly. Yep, and with the technology, what it is today, you know, I mean, it it relates to a whole different generation of surveyors mm-hmm. or potential surveyors. Uh, Gabby, how about you? Sure. So I think probably one of the biggest things, um, I guess, would just be almost to raise awareness of what we actually do in this field. Like Jake <laughs> mentioned um, back in high school, like he didn't even know this was an option. <laughs> um, and sometimes I feel like when I'm trying to describe to people what I do, you can kind of see it glaze over just a little bit. And they're like, I don't really get it. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like, um, especially with where I'm at now, um, it's easy to show somebody just a demo of data that is very visual or, or very interactive. And they just kind of intuitively get that. Um, so like with the stuff that I'm working on now, I can just show like, hey, here's a construction site. You can rotate it around. You can click here. You can measure this. <laughs> Um, and they instantly get that and they understand it. So I think um, using our unique experiences and our own unique perspective to raise awareness about what we do. Yep, great point. Um, and I think perspective is a, is a huge thing. Um, and we all have different perspectives as a result of the people that we were taught by, I suppose. And that's where mentoring comes in. And, um, you know, I know we just kind of, complained a little bit about the old guys getting out of the profession but you know one of those old guys was my mentor and i wouldn't be where i am you've today. talked to him about, you've talked about him so many times yeah give him one more shout out yeah yeah um <laughs> without him i wouldn't be where i am today you know so you got to have those folks but the age is the age and the perspective of the mentors is changing mm-hmm. you know and that's where this younger group much like the folks we're talking to tonight um can make a huge impact. So Gabby, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, talk a little bit about your mentors and the folks that help you get to where you are today. Sure. Um, so mentoring has been really critical to where I am. Um, I think school can only teach you so much. Um, it's important to have, but when the rubber meets the road, uh, mentors are really what, leads you to opportunities and um, what what helps you overcome certain problems as they come up um, and really give you the set of tools that you're going to be using every day. Um, I know um, I've had multiple mentors at, at my job. Um, the current CEO of uh, the company, Cesium, that I'm at is a mentor. Um, some of the other senior developers um, that I work with are mentors. Um, and one of the most important sort of mentoring that I got personally um, is when I was really young, I got the opportunity to participate in a lot of like women in STEM type mm-hmm. programs. Um, and as somebody who uh, ended up working in a very male dominated field, mm-hmm. um, it was great to be able to see somebody that was like me doing a job that I wanted to do. <laughs> um, so that was a huge uh, influence on me as well. Yeah, we actually, I don't know if you listened to the episode, but we had a, uh, a STEM. Uh, whole, th- whole thing. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I might actually, uh, you know, well, put you in touch That's with a whole other episode of questions of being a female and the, the glass ceiling and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that just interests me tremendously because mm-hmm. we've, we've never had to even think about that. Yep. 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 That's a good point. Chris, uh, talk to us a little bit about, uh, your mentors and, uh, you know, the folks that helped you along. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, the hallmarks of a good mentor for me are those that are like willing to spend their time on you and they're willing to, uh, I guess like level with you, you know, that we always like, we re- we truly respect those that are, that are willing to set it, set us straight a little bit, not, not in a harsh way, of course, but, you know, with some compassion and, and um, like tell us when we have our head in the sand basically. And so, uh, you know, I, I haven't had that many that I have offered that. And so I've had a couple that I, I, like I care for deeply and 
I've had a lot of mentors, like technical mentors, I guess you can say. They taught me how to do the, the work. They taught me how to um, press the buttons or uh, deliver the maps or, or check on the DTM, whatever. But there's a whole level of mentorship and coaching and guidance that's outside of the, 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 the technical portion that I think um, having that like really human side of what we do, I, you know, because work is not just all DTMs and drones and LIDAR. It's, it's uh, you know, uh, I broke up with my uh, partner. I, my, my parents are passing away. I've, and what do I do? I'm mm. afraid to take the tests. You know, all of these other things that seem that we seem to struggle with. Um, uh, I feel like I'm the, the human side of our work has been, has been neglected for a long time. And so, at least in my career, I, I'm, I'm, that's making a pretty big brush stroke there when I said that. But um, I think that that's that's important for me to do, and you know that's why with the folks that I work with, I spend a ton of time just like figuring out who they are yep. and offering them some space to uh, talk about the things that they need to. Because once once they get that off their once they get through them, I mean we all, we all just want to be seen and heard as humans, and so I think seeing them, especially from a lead position. Is important and so um, builds trust it builds teams and so um i think for like my role as a mentor um it's like finding the stuff that i didn't quite get in my career mm -hmm. the things that i worked through and worked through the hard way of course and, and and then trying to pass that on and then also i also think that everybody should have a mentor, even those, um, I'll use your words, the, the old grouchy guys, you know, I think if we don't have mentors that are younger than us, that's that they're, they're failing themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we have different generations. I think we probably have three or four generations working in our workforce today. And so yeah. how a digital native is going to see something differently than someone who pulled a chain through the brush. So those are two very different ways of growing up and, and they can, they both can educate each other and help each other along. So I think it's. I think that is probably one of the most important things that uh, that we can do. It also leads into promoting a profession. It just mm -hmm. kind of just grows from there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a uh, you know a good mentoring or mentor mentee relationship is really a two way street. It goes both ways. And I also think something else you touched on is um, you know with with COVID, unfortunately, that has disconnected us in many different ways and honestly it magnifies the importance of, of mentoring mm -hmm. um and it may not be you know one-on-one -on -one, it may be done via you know a zoom meeting or what have you still there's needs to happen it still needs to happen there's so many different ways that we can do it and do it effectively it's just taking the initiative to do it um you yourself you've taken the initiative on more than a few occasions right yeah, yeah. you can tap yourself on the back it's okay all right hey and that's why we're as much as they're saying we're building a profession and yeah. all these things i'm like okay we're we're doing the right thing yeah. here. Yeah, having this right we, we're getting the right people in the right places and we're yep. we're gonna do this the right way yep. we're having the right conversations yeah, it's no good doubt. i kind of like it i, I <laughs> You know, I needed this little uh, brush up today after all this COVID and well, bad news. Welcome so. to the geoholics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. What was I Thanks paying attention? <laughs> all right, Jose, how about you talk about uh, how mentoring has affected uh, your career to this point? Yeah, so I definitely wouldn't be here without uh, some good mentors in my career. Uh, with the military, I had an RPLS who I worked directly under, um, and he was always kind of pushing us, me and the other soldiers, to pursue a career in surveying full time and make it, you know, make it something that we were proud of just because of the, the big need. I'm, everybody knows that the average age of your surveyor now is what something like 60 or mm, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Um, oh no, just, you know, young at heart or whatever the politically correct term is now. Um, but yeah, now uh, coming into the profession and growing up the ranks, uh, with the Texas Society of Professional Surveyors and the Texas Young Surveyors. I mean, there's always a good mentor for me, uh, no matter where I've been. So I, I couldn't say enough about uh, our responsibility now to pass it back and then pay it forward pay it for as it is. Um, yep. And what you guys are doing here, you're unofficial mentors. And I think everybody kind of has that, um, especially in our industry, that person that they can always go to. You know, your mentor is always going to be there for you. So I can definitely see... Um, 
kind of like a prolonged and a, an ongoing relationship with your mentor. So mm-hmm. if you're not helping them, they're going to be helping you in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. No question. And we had a discussion uh, on one of the episodes, gosh, I don't even know which one it was, but how, and I, I would be curious to kind of get the three of your take on this one, um, how education, like formal education could be taking the place of mentoring. And I'm not in that camp. I don't believe that's the case. I mean, I think one of you mentioned it earlier. There's Chris, certain things. He covered that when he was like, no. Yeah. You can get as much as you can out of that, yep. but there is just some more to it. So yeah. I don't want to steal the thunder of this question, but Jose, go for it and tell us what you think. Yep. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, you can learn as much as you want from a textbook, but you're not going to get the same uh, experience. You're not going to get the same knowledge or the feedback or constructive criticism, whatever you need, you know, that red, red line WTF on one of your plats. It's just, you're not going to get that from a textbook. And that's where you need somebody to actively tell you or coach you on how to grow and not just, I don't know, learn it as much as you want to. Yeah. (laughs) And that's coming from somebody like yourself who has spent a lot of time on the academia side. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's great perspective. I appreciate that. He's been there and seen that. Yep. Yep. Chris, do you got anything else to add? I know you talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, well, first I think it, um, Gabby might've been the one who mentioned what you, what you said, Ryan. So I just want to make sure to give her. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, Gabby. And so I think, uh, I think education is important, extremely important. And I also think mentoring is, is important. And I think that they're, they're not synonymous. And I, I think that one just builds on the other, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, m- mentoring is to be a good mentee, you also have to be a good student and a good apprentice. And so I think education helps us learn to be good students. Mm-hmm. And, yep, it's a good point. Actually, being a mentee uh, will teach us to be a good apprentice and, you know, in a little bit of humility, and which most of us can use here and there. And so um, yeah, so I, I, I think they're both just as important as the other. Yeah. The, uh, the word you said there that I gravitate to is humility. If there's one thing this profession does, um, it, it humbles you. There's no doubt about it. And you got to be willing to be humbled. It makes you a much better professional. No doubt. Gabby, you got anything else to add since, uh, Ryan stole your thunder? It. I blew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think, yeah, pretty much uh, what Chris said, that they go hand in hand. Like um, formal education gives you a lot of the tools you need, but not necessarily how you should use them. And I think a lot of what mentorship ends up teaching you is how to solve problems when they actually come up. Mm. Um, you You might know the knowledge, but when push comes to shove, having somebody who kind of walked you through, hey, this is what happened when I ran into that problem. Um, is really critical. And I think leadership is also a huge thing um, that doesn't get taught in schools Mm -hmm. and that we really need a lot of in our career. And really the only way I've seen that passed down is, is through mentoring. Yeah. And it's important that you as a mentee, you know, you gravitate towards the right people because let's face it, there could be somebody in maybe a leadership role who (laughs) isn't going to be the best mentor, you know, so you got to make sure that you gravitate towards the people that are going to, you know, really make a difference in your, in your professional careers. Well, and this is my makeup question to Gabby specifically (laughs) uh, with, with my, my screw up. Um, As a female, do you find it hard to find mentors that are willing to, I, I don't want to like give all guys a bad rap or anything like that, but like it's tough to be a female to break that that wall mm. and that ceiling mm. and to get to there. Uh, have you have you had that tough road? Um, I'm probably not the best example. I don't feel like I've had a particularly tough go of it. I feel like I've been really lucky in my career. Um, I think one just being a little bit more on the tech side of things and it being tend to be skewed a little bit more progressive and welcoming of an environment um, helps. And then I think I've been really lucky with the people that I've worked along the way. Um, I've gotten to work with some really great females and I've gotten to work with some some really great women, some really great men. um, And I don't think I've come up uh, up alongside anybody who's been like, no, you can't do that or has given me a side word, uh, a side glance and, thought I couldn't do something. So I think I've been really lucky um, with where I've been so far. Let's uh, transition 
with that into technology and how, you know, technology is also shaping the future of, you know, the geomatics professions. And technology also is guilty of, you know, <laughs> I guess being counterintuitive, I don't know, but <laughs> counterproductive, I guess, as far as developing the future of Makes these professions. Easy. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, now you have robotics and GPS, of course, and what once took, you know, a minimum of three guys now takes one guy. Um, so that, you know, could have a negative effect on the future of geomatics and, and, uh, and getting people involved. So, uh, Jose, I'm going to let you start with this one. Okay, so I mean, I think it's going to appeal the the new technology that we have, such as drones and all that. It's going to appeal to younger generation just because it's a shiny new toy, and people are going to want to kind of learn how to use it and do something outside of the ordinary with it. Um, I don't know if we're going to have a decline or let me get my thoughts together there. I guess I wonder how it's going to impact the the need for surveyors. There's always going to be a need for your boundary guy, there's always going to be a need for the technical experts, but I kind of wonder how it's going to impact the, uh, the demand for the workforce, you know, the amount mm-hmm. of surveyors that we have as a mass population. Um, and that would be, I guess my biggest concern would be, are we going to not have enough work for everybody? But mm-hmm. then again, we also have the, the shortage of surveyors right now. So I guess it's kind of, I don't know, fixes itself. Yeah, and then, you know, the other, I guess the other side of that coin, and this is also something uh, that is a little disturbing to think about, is deregulation. I know it's been talked about. It's definitely been talked about in Arizona. I mean, we've skated by the last few times it's been brought up, but it is something that has been talked about even at a national level. Um, so there, there's that challenge as well. Uh, Chris, go ahead. I got a couple thoughts. Um you know, actually end up with more questions than anything. You know, we, the, the technology we have makes us sufficient, but like at what end do we have, you know, I, 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 it blows me away that we have GPS rivers that you don't have to level anymore to take a, to take a shot. And I think that, you know, I love the technology and it's really awesome. And how fast do we really need to be? Hmm. Uh, and so I, I um, you know, I've, I've been a part of the, the race to, to make profit and I've been a part of all of that. And it just seems, um, it, 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 it seems that we, I don't know, like we're finding the technology to try to solve some other problems that um, we just need to beat the next person. And I, and I think that's just unfortunate because I think there is a plenty of work to, to go around in a lot of ways. And, you know, um, I have some of the same, same fears and, that, that you have came in and what Jose talked about with potential deregulation or not having enough folks to, to kind of fill seats as we move forward. Um, <clears throat> I think this all goes back to the, the, the um, like promoting the profession question. It, it, it just requires us to go tell our stories just like everybody else mm-hmm. does, you know? Um, and, and, that just requires us to get dirty a little bit. And sometimes that requires us to spend a little money when we need to, even though that seems to be a, a difficulty at times. And so, um, you know, it's, it's like where, where, like with automation, like where, where, how much is too much or how far is too far before we essentially automate ourselves out of a job. And so yep. it happened in my lifetime. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, feels like sometimes it feels like we're going that way or the, the, the manufacturers are creating way, easy ways to collect data that you don't necessarily have to think your way through. Everything's wizard driven these days, it seems like. And, um, and I remember learning on some really old equipment and I'm sounding like one of those grouchy old guys now, but uh, you know, sometimes you have to think your way through it a little bit. And so um, that's where I think education comes into play in, in a lot of these things. And, and my last point is, um, I've been around a lot of surveyors who complain about civil engineers. Like they just complain and complain about they don't like civil engineers don't see us as a profession. And and from what it feels like is those folks don't see themselves as a profession either. And so they're not holding themselves professionals. And so I think we want to be considered professionals 
our profession needs to, to step up and and be that way and and be what we want and so sometimes it it, it feels like a bit of apathy and we kind of struggle with uh, being that thing that profession that that we all want yeah no i agree with everything you said and i, th- I think there there is a shift taking place that is elevating the level of professionalism of surveyors. It's just a very slow process, unfortunately. And it's something that, uh, that Ryan mentioned and you touched on as well is technology is making it almost too easy to -hmm. collect data. Um, but it's once that data is collected, what happens with it afterwards is where who does what with it, who does what with it. Yep, exactly. And that's where I think, you know, wisdom and knowledge and stuff like that comes in. Um, Gabby, go ahead. Talk about, uh, talk about technology and, and, <laughs> and uh, how you see it for forming the future of uh, GMX. Yeah, I think there definitely is something to say about automation and things getting faster and things getting more frequent and things getting more accurate. Um, but I think at the same time, a lot of, at least what I've seen is demand increasing um, is people who can collect that data really easily wanting to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter how accessible we make that, there's always going to be uh, questions and things that go wrong and they don't necessarily know what they're doing with that data or what format mm-hmm. it was in or mm-hmm. why it was in that format. Yep. Um, so I think there still is incredibly incredible need for people to understand what's going on behind the scenes of all that technology. Um, that being said, uh, I think there's a lot of new avenues that technology is opening up and um, I think it's going to change really fast and I don't know necessarily what it's going to look like. I know a lot of po- people throw around a lot of AR and VR mm-hmm. and um, lots of big exciting things that are coming at least to like the 3D visualization side of things that I'm on. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, it's an exciting future, but we're definitely going to need people that understand the uh, cogs and gears of how it goes on underneath. Yep, no question. Um, for example, like producer Jake owns an acre of land on Mars, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Everyone's going to need one of those here soon. I go to yeah. his restroom and it's like acre <laughs> one of one of one. Like you like, are like the origin of Mars. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I've got some other Mars posters in there. That's the Mars bathroom. The powder right. bathroom's all yep. Mars out. I have noticed that you are the origin. Well, though. I actually have point of beginning. There's yeah, a, I'm not is, sure if, the POB. If, if you've seen that, there's one too. It's like a, the astronaut and he's like on Mars and the oh, bottom yeah. it says surveyors wanted. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite pieces of art. I'm, I may have told the lovely Carrie about that one. I'm like, oh, it's in his bathroom. I think we actually even talked about briefly making it the thumbnail or something just because it was so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, surveyors you never know. wanted. I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime, wow. but it's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. Well, is it going to be Chris or Jose or Gabby that's going to survey mars <laughs> yet to be determined i uh, don't know i i don't want to go be I, one of our kids i'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll sign you guys up i'm not going <laughs> jake would be the first in line he'd go oh, in a heartbeat yeah. <laughs> i'll be the first one <laughs> he's gonna be staking out his property up there <laughs> all right so i know um God, we got off track just a little bit i know nsps has a young surveyors group and gabby obviously you're involved with organizations as well such as was it spar 3d and mm-hmm. and light our news. Um, talk about friend those. of the program. Yep, friend of the Boom. program. Yep, Gene Rope. Uh, I would say free plug. Don't get used to it. But, but it's not free. It's not free. Hey, yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm making friends here. Yeah. So so Gabby, talk about um, talk about the organizations as far as the 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 younger geospatial professional organizations that that you're a part of. Sure. So um, the younger geospatial professional. Uh, Uh, community that I am part of is really there to do like what you guys are trying to do here is raise awareness and welcome people who are younger and um, kind of provide them a path um, forward in their career. Um, So that's uh, a lot of what that specific uh, organization is. Um, And part of that is, of course, SPAR3D, um, which is a larger larger organization um, and my experience mostly has been through the conference that they have, um, which is uh, a lot about 3D visualization. So Mm. there's 
kind of a branch that deals with the data collection itself. And there's a branch of basically what to do with that data and how to visualize it and how to measure it and how to analyze it. So um, it's a great opportunity to understand what's happening in the field and um, all the different use cases that are happening right now. I think that's my favorite part is kind of understand all the different industries that kind of use this in different ways and uh, what they're doing and uh, all the awesome stuff that's happening. Yep. Great job getting involved with that stuff. That's awesome. Chris and Jose, I'm going to have you guys talk a little bit about the NSPS Young Surveyors Group and how people can get involved and the benefits of that. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of that? Yeah. Um, well, the NSPS Young Surveyors Network started, I think, in 2015, somewhere around there. And I'm slowly growing and morphing and, and whatnot. And uh, it's it's a great organization get involved with. I've met some of um, you know, some of my favorite people in the world through that group. And so uh, I, I think one of the greatest benefits is one, gaining access to your, your state organizations is important because they're going to be the folks that are going to be supporting you uh, through these meetings and, 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 and uh, the meetups with the, the national group and I'm getting exposure to what's happening on the national scale. What, what happens in other states and um, I at this point I could call up you know a half a dozen to, to 12 folks in any one state and potentially get a job or uh, maybe they're struggling with a problem they can call me and vice versa and so it's just kind of building that that social network um, and uh, there's a website I think it's called nspsyoungsurveyors.org it's it's been a couple years uh, or about a year since I've, uh, I've been on but um, some great folks that are involved and I think it's free to join. Also, if you're a surveyor in one of the one in any state, there typically your professional your professional organization, most of them have some have some version of a representative of the Young Surveyors Network in your state. So reach out to your your professional organization and <clears throat> find that person. Or if they don't have that person, maybe you want to be that person. Uh, yeah. or Maybe you want to ask them to create a young professionals group in your state. Um, all of it's important. Yep. It's got to start somewhere. Now, do you have to be a surveyor to be involved with the young surveyors group or could somebody like Gabby be involved with that? Oh, uh, someone like Gabby could totally. It's, um, I think, you know, she's probably a surveyor at heart. She just doesn't quite know it, but, uh, uh, <laughs> You know, we're all we're all 3D nerds in the, in the long run, so I, I love that part. And you know, to be honest, um, the NSPS Young Surveyors Network is part of the national FIG Young Surveyors Network. So, you know, everywhere else in the world, it seems besides here, uh, things like GIS and data science and surveying are all they're all together, mm-hmm. and we seem to separate them out here. And so, I've met quite a few. Um, really interesting, um, wonderful folks in the Netherlands and Portugal, and they work for Esri potentially or for their local governments doing, doing JS or surveying or any, any one of the kind of geospatial fields. So mm-hmm. anybody can, that's, it has some sort of interest in, in, in I guess, geomatics or, or geospatial. Yeah, it's almost like uh, like peer mentoring that's happening there. Mm. You know, it's a great idea, and it's an organization that you know, for the, as far as the future of the profession goes, it's got to continue to grow. Um, well, I had something else I was going to mention. You got to get Jose in here. Come on. No, I'm going to. I'm going oh. to. Oh, but Chris mentioned something else. Oh, you mentioned networking. I think that you know because of technology again you know circling back to that I that suppose. is so difficult but so easy at the same time yeah but my but networking like when i first started surveying you know my <laughs> network was like the 10 people in southern illinois that attended the uh surveyors meetings that i went to um but now i mean the network is global now you got a geoholics podcast it's global well that's like it's a all, byproduct it's a whole of this different thing i had no idea what was going to happen yeah but i mean the network is global and it's all about like i said earlier it's kind of connecting the dots you know and uh you know understanding what what people are very passionate about and you know you know somebody else who's passionate about that same thing you connect those two people and it just continues to grow you start it locally and it just balloons yeah no it, doubt about it, it it does definitely work it, it's the passion of people shows for sure for sure jose why don't you 
uh, finish us out here with the NSPS Young Surveyors Group and any other uh, organizations you're involved with that uh, promote surveying? Yeah, so actually I, I haven't made it to an NSPS meeting yet. Um, I've been very involved with the Texas Young Surveyors, which I think was a, you know, byproduct of the NSPS creation. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around, I think, since 2016 or something. Um, and I really got involved in 20, uh, 2017. Um, but it's, it's a great way to, like Chris said, uh, network and create those bonds. Um, so Cameron, Cameron Lowe, he's over here at LJA, and he's a very good friend of mine now. And I met him through the uh, Texas Young Surveyors. We've kind of... Uh, both uh, together here working in the area and handling the Texas Young Surveyors, we've looked at expanding our reach and kind of uh, really becoming the the drivers or the force that's creating some of the recruiting efforts here locally. Uh, just before COVID hit, we had some plans to uh, expand those efforts. We actually did do a career fair booth um, at the Houston Houston Hispanic Forums 34th annual education and career fair. It's a mouthful, but I got it. Um, and we had about, I don't know, three to 5,000 students come through and just ask, Hey, what are you guys doing? What is this cool? Like 3d sandbox you guys have here. Can we play with it and get some more information? So it's, it's a really good way to build those bonds and do something that you're not going to be able to do by yourself because you don't have those resources, but Hey, this group of guys has a, a like-minded idea and let's go and do it. Let's go execute. So now we can do something a little bigger than ourselves, you know? Yeah, and by the way, those three sandboxes, if you, if you have never messed around with one or you don't have one, it's addicting. They'll draw a crowd, no <laughs> it doubt does draw about a crowd, it. No doubt, those things are awesome. Um, I, Ryan, you got anything else you want to add? I just got to thank everybody for being here. That was pretty awesome, and oh my goodness, what a a round of yeah yep. it was it was some different opinions and and mentalities and i appreciate it from yep. all over the board yep kudos to each of you and uh congrats on your successes and um like i say you're kind of kind of hitting your stride as far as professionals go and uh, i'm sure you're going to be that much more successful in the future so. one day you'll catch up to kent <laughs> I think I've been passed. Um, who wants to be the next host yeah <laughs> with that um let's do a good of the order round round the horn type thing. Jose, I'll let you start with this. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to get out there? So I think uh, the biggest thing for me is just spreading awareness of your profession to those minorities who've never heard of it uh, like myself. So let's go ahead and do something that we're not going to normally do and talk to one different person about land surveying. Yep, tomorrow. and feel free to get outside your comfort zone, right? How about you, Chris? That is simple and effective. Uh, I love what Jose, what Jose just said. So thanks for thanks for closing with that. So uh, for me, lastly, it's um, like uh, find your why. Why are you here? I mean, we're, we get to watch Kent and Ryan and Jake. I mean, you guys, this is like part of your purpose work. This is awesome to be involved with something that it, you grew this out of uh, something that needed to happen and you felt that need. So I appreciate that deeply. And so like use the three of you as a model of like how to find your place. Um, that might be a company you work for. Do your values align with this, what this company does? And if it doesn't go find another place or start your own. Yep. I think is one of the most important things and, you know, millennials want to have meaningful work and, and, um, and so find what that meaningful work is and go after it. And it's really up to each individual person to do that. You can't wait for someone else to, kind of lay that out in front of you so yep yep um, take control of your destiny no doubt for sure all right gabby you got the last word all right i don't think i have anything as profound (laughs) as chris but uh i did want to just echo the mentoring uh discussion and just say go out and find a new mentor somebody who is either younger or older or maybe has a different perspective than you that can help you grow and improve yep yep well said, well said. Well, again, thank you guys uh, for taking the time to be with us. I know, Gabby, you're on the East Coast. It's getting late for you. Um, but we appreciate the uh, the commitment to uh, to being here and the profession, for that matter. <laughs> it's late for us, Thank too. you, my pleasure. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, well, we'll definitely keep in touch. Uh, all right, as always, look for ways you can pay it forward, bank some good karma, 
be a good human and remember you get what you give. Thank you again for listening and for your continued support. Check out our friends oh. of the program as many of them are offering promos exclusively for Geoholics listeners. Please be sure to check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> the Eddie Van Halen thing still with us. Uh, like, uh, R.I.P. Eddie Van yeah, Halen yeah, basically yeah, yeah. is what you were looking yeah, to say. Yeah. And uh, YouTube, take a sec to subscribe there too. Feel free to send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. If you have any suggested topics or would like to be on a panel of a future Geoholics Anonymous episode, with over 20,000 listeners, we've got an awesome platform to talk about some really cool things. Um, you could say it correctly. We're doing some shit. Until next time, everybody, <laughs> stay safe and healthy and rip Eddie. All right. Once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS. Find them at bad-elf.com. Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com. LiDAR News at lidarnews.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu slash surveying. Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot A-E-R-O. Diamondback Land Surveying at diamondbacklandsurveying.com. Advanced Geodetic Surveys at agsgps.com. Tiger Supplies at tigersupplies.com. Cyanic Automation at getjobbook.com. Safety Apparel, you can find them at safetyapparel.us. And finally, Get Kids Into Survey at getkidsintosurvey.com.